Hello, everybody. This week on Flaming Films, we're talking about the film American Beauty. Hit that beautiful music. I'm Michael Flaherty. And I'm Colleen Flaherty. And you know, here we are. God, it is a gorgeous day out. Yeah. I'm having a nice cocktail. And I'm just thinking about how there is so much beauty in the world. I can't even handle it. There's just, I, it, like, I want to explode with all this beauty. Anyway, let's talk about this fucking movie. <laughs> uh, American I'll, Beauty. What is it about? <laughs> I'll read the description. Um a sexually frustrated suburban father has a midlife crisis after becoming infatuated with his daughter's best friend. If you're wondering, how do they make that a good movie? They do not. Uh, Colleen, have you seen this film before? I think I saw it when it first came out. It got a lot of Oscar buzz. Mm. I think it won an Oscar. I can't wait for Sam to tell us all about that. And I remember at the time, like everybody liked it. And I think I liked it. And then when we revisited it, I'm like, uh, I do remember that a lot of it's about sexualizing a teenage girl. But, you know, let's not be feminist Colleen ruining everybody's good time. Like, give it a chance. And then I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> Have you seen it before? No, I uh, didn't really know anything about it. Saw it for the first time a week ago. And yeah, it is really bad. It's everything I dislike in a movie is in this movie. Uh, besides I, the music, I, uh, the music's actually pretty good. The music was really good. I was shocked at how much I disliked. Like I disliked it in ways I didn't even see coming. <laughs> like it was wow, yeah. that's a whole new thing to hate. Uh, the was, music is written by Thomas Newman, who is I know I know from the Finding Nemo soundtrack. So it, it sounds like Finding like, Nemo music the whole time, which is great. Which is awesome. I'm not against it. It's a little eerie, like eerie spa music, which I'm really into for soundtracks. <laughs> it, that is a perfect description. <laughs> kind of creepy, but moving spa music. Uh, it, it's the best part of this movie. And the best part of this podcast is this next segment, which we call BAM. Time for Sam. This is the part of the show where Sam comes on and tells us some really cool facts about the film she chose for us to watch instead of Spice World. Sam? Take it away. I'm so sorry. And she tried to pin it on her fiance, but I don't think that's the full story. I, I'm really sorry. Okay. So there were two things that inspired this film. Um, I cannot wait. Tell us. Tell us what inspired it. The first was the media circus around the Amy Fisher trial. Colleen, do you know about oh, no. What's that? I don't is know what that is. It's Joey Buttafuoco, right? Yep. This is about a very young girl who is sleeping with a married man, and then she sh tried to shoot his he wife. He convinced her to kill his wife. And for some reason, because the 90s were fucking terrible, Amy Fisher was the villain in that story. Am I wrong, Sam? Is that correct? You are not because, wrong. That is completely you know, correct. Sexy teenagers just make you do crazy things. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. His wife survived, for the record. She got shot in the head, and she survived. But yeah, yep. uh, that makes guy, sense that was... how it would relate to this film. Yeah, yeah. And the guy's name was Joey Buttafuoco, and he looked like a Joey Buttafuoco. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway. Uh, so that was the first thing that inspired this story. And then the second one. I, I don't even know how to tell you guys this. I'm so excited. <laughs> Screenwriter Alan Ball was sitting at the World Trade Center Plaza. And he saw a paper bag floating in the wind. He watched it for about 10 minutes. <laughs> saying it provoked an unexpected oh, emotional response. boy. <laughs> Podcast over. We don't need to say why it's bad. <laughs> we, we, you got it now. Yep. <laughs> so just take those two elements... A part of your recipe for a movie, and that's this movie. So originally, he wanted to write it as a play. It didn't <laughs> seem to work. He kind of they didn't work as a aside. movie. If I'm honest, <laughs> he put it aside, uh, and then eventually, like, was trying to become a like screenwriter for movies. So he came back to it, kind of just as like a this is what I can do, not like a this is the screenplay you should write. Uh, the title gets its name from a type of rose that's very beautiful, obviously, but actually is prone to rotting in its roots. So, and that's America. Oh, that's so ironic. It's so, so like, ironic. God, the it looks pretty, movie. but if you look creep, or oh, it's, it's the teenage girl, or is it America? Yeah, okay, it's whatever. Yeah. Okay, and who cares? But are, isn't America just a promiscuous <laughs> teenage girl? Right. You know, if much. you think about it. <laughs> All I know is Kevin Spacey's in the right. Go ahead, Sam. <laughs> Don't take that out of context. <laughs> yeah, so put that sorry. in its proper context. <laughs> I'm just, I'm really sorry. I feel so bad. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so they were kind of sending it around as kind of just a, hey, this is something from the screenwriter, not like a, hey, make this movie. And it ended up uh, on Steven Spielberg's desk. He read it on a Saturday night. And when he went into his studio, DreamWorks office on Monday, he said, we're making this movie and we're not changing a word. Well, I dislike Steven Spielberg a bit more. Yep, this made me very sad, guys. Like, no, this whole thing just makes me sad. Not 100%. It's not 100%. He's a from a different time. A lot of people time. that we love in Hollywood have done some bad things. I mean, bad quality. <laughs> not not they haven't all they're not all criminals <laughs> so at the time um dreamworks was not doing exceptionally well it was just so kind a pre-shrek time I, for those i went to shrek too firstly <laughs> what's with us <laughs> we're damaged i think well i mean shrek did like do a bring a lot of money shrek is great works. what am i doing shrek is why are we not talking about shrek because <laughs> yeah. we've done it before we've done shrek <laughs> i know but it's like, is there ever a bad time to talk about Shrek? Just <laughs> do it again. Anyways, Sam, go ahead. So, so for a director, uh, he brought on Sam Mendes, who this is his directorial debut. He had done some um, uh, revitalizations of some musicals on the stage, and Steven Spielberg had seen those and was like, Yes, this is the man who needs to make this creepy-ass screenplay I just bought. Um, so he hadn't done a movie before, so this is his first movie. And um, he really wanted immediately Kevin Spacey and Annette Bennings. Uh, the studio did not, because Kevin Spacey at the time was not a well-known actor. 
So they offered the role to Chevy Chase, Tom Hanks, Kevin what Costner, year is this? John Travolta, Bruce Willis, Je- uh, Jeff Daniels, and Woody Harrelson. Some of those would have been really good. I It feels like... Didn't Kevin Spacey already do The Usual Suspects by this time? That's a great question, actually. Anyway, sorry. Not important. I just... He did. Like you're totally talking, right. He totally feels did. like you're talking about an earlier time. Nope, you're completely right. I don't know why I heard that, but he was not, like, the main contender. The studio didn't want him. And didn't he do K-Pax by now? <laughs> I fucking saw that movie. I think, maybe to say I'm spoiled, like, he had never been a leading man, really. Sure. Like, he was Fair. sort of the, he's, he was always the good character actor. And then, um, uh, Sam Mendes really wanted Annette Bennings, So they were, the studio was considering uh, Holly Hunter and Helen Hunt, but uh, he just went ahead and offered her the role without confirming it with the studio. So All right. that's how he got the people he wanted. Um, so filming took 50 days. A uh, couple of facts about filming, because I... I really did not enjoy researching this film. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, there's you. a line Angela says about you want to have like 10,000 of his babies. This actually was a line that the writer overheard at a U2 concert where a fan yelled at Bono that I want to have 10,000 of your babies. So that's where that came from. Fun. And uh, guys, the teenage girl dialogue in this is just so natural. It just <laughs> feels like it's ripped from real life. So. For all I know, it is. I don't know. I mean, in the uh, 90s. I've been a teenage girl before. And yeah, this is basically how we talk. You were a teenage that. girl at this time period. Or, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Caroline shows an open house to some buyers. And when they don't take it, she has a breakdown. Uh, this was done in one take. And according to Annette Bennings, it's because... She used to babysit constantly. You'd go to church and see how people present themselves on the outside, but then inside their house, and then you get to go inside their house and see the difference. So, sure, okay. She was good in this yeah. movie. She's a good actress. She's great. Uh, Thora Birch, who plays Angela, was barely seventeen years old at the time of the film. And, and what do we know her from? I don't know. She okay. She was the little sister in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> she oh, that makes me really sad. It should. It should. Is Angela the main girl, the the cover girl? Well, the cover is actually done by two models. Actually, it's uh, Christina Hendricks from Mad Men. Yeah, like okay. the actual cover. Of I just the forget the characters' gun. names. Uh, Angela is the one he's trying to have sex with. Got it. Okay. So she was barely 17 at the time of filming and was a minor. So her parents had to be on up. Her parents and a child labor representative had to be on the set when they were doing the topless scene. They're allowed to do that. So she's actually a minor. She's 17. Oh, Jesus. I told you guys (laughs) really hated researching. this. Why is that allowed? Why is that legal? (laughs) I think this my favorite. Do you guys remember when you did um, Taxi Driver? Mm-hmm. And they had Jodie Foster, but she was underage. So they had to bring in uh, older people to do any of the sex scenes or any of the nudity. And then they brought a child psychologist on set the whole time. And I was like, this is how you do it. This is amazing. This was not the case here. <laughs> I don't okay. like that. That's... <laughs> Why did she need to be topless? 
Oh, jeez. According to her, her parents understood because it was important for her character's development. No! Boo! Boo! Oh, Boo to good. every adult in her life who failed her to Do get Do you have a happy moment. fact, Sam? This is getting so dark. No! This is why <laughs> I had to stop researching it, because these were as happy as they got. All right. We'll wrap it up, then. Okay. Uh, oh, this was interesting, I thought. Uh, so... Jim and Jim are depicted as normal, happy, and boring mm-hmm. because, to quote Alan Ball, he was thinking of the bland, boring heterosexual couples who wore matching clothes, and I can't wait for the time when a gay couple can be just as boring. Sure, uh, they don't get to be real I characters, have, but... I have so many thoughts about that. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> the original ending of this film was uh, after uh, Lester is killed... Ricky and Jane are tried for the murder and found guilty. They filmed it all, but the test audience hated it, so they had to reshoot it. Fine. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) I don't have any feelings about that. Yeah. The film was released um, September 17th, 1999. It had a budget of $15 million, and it would make $356.3 million at the box office. Fucking great. Yeah, fuck. Wow. It was nominated for and won... Uh, best Original Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Actor for Kevin Spacey, Best Director, and Best Picture. Sorry, it won all those? It won them all. It was nominated, but did not win Best Actress, Best Film Editing, and Best Original Score, which... The score is good. That is just the nail in the coffin of patriarchy ruining everything and making this film a success that Kevin Spacey won and Annette Bening did not. Like, that is just so (laughs) emblematic of everything. Uh, what did Kevin Spacey even do in this movie other than just like be Kevin Spacey and be awesome yeah fun fun side effects on that though (laughs) this film and the silence of the lambs were the only best picture winners of the 1990s that were not a period piece cool um let's wrap (laughs) that no that's not depressing that's great good job okay okay I worked really hard then on your fun animal facts. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. It's going to taste all the sweeter. So, seahorses. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Engage in a courtship dance, which includes spinning around and swimming side by side and changing colors. How long does this courtship dance typically last? An hour. A week. It, they typically last eight hours. Wow. Wow. That's a long time to that, dance. That's a long that's time. Cute. That's very cute. What an adorable image. Sam, thank you. That was a great thing. You did a great job. You know, you went oh, through great. it, and we very much appreciate you. We uh, like you a lot. On to our next segment, which we call Critics Corner. We're going to hear some reviews about this film. I will start. It's a movie that years from now will end up on the list of greatest movies ever oh. made. It's a complete original, at once hugely entertaining oh. and deeply thoughtful, oh, combining no. comedy, tragedy, and philosophy in surprising and gratifying ways, says Joanna Connors of the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Wow. This movie wow. is another one of those examples where it's like, it's not just that it's called a comedy and I don't get it. It's called a comedy, and I don't even remember where a joke was supposed to be. I have some thoughts about that that we will get. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll, I haven't been looking at this document. I'll read the next one. This one's by Chris. 
And uh, I'm not feeling I'm going to like some of these reviews by Amazon <laughs> reviewers. All right, here we go. This movie is so hateful, so loathful of human existence that it is the most painful experience. Mm-hmm. The writer obviously hates women because the Annette Benning is such a stereotypical picture of women. Mm-hmm. She should wear a sign that says, what she needs is a really good shag. Mm-hmm. That's about as subtle as the writer is with her character. Kevin Spacey, again, shows why he is the worst respected actor working today. It's the same performance he has given in every one of his movies. This guy's act never changes. Skip the overbloated piece of manure. Good job, Chris. Nice review. I got to tell you, almost all the Amazon reviews are from... Well, they all are. I guess there's only three from like around the time it came out or a few years after. That's awesome. So like, I want to go shake Chris's hand. Like, good for you. That's for really good. Through this. <laughs> I like Chris. You, you did it, Chris. You didn't like read a piece on Jezebel and realize it actually was bad all along. <laughs> go ahead and read one of these professional critic reviews now. All right. This is from Joe Morgenstein, the Wall Street Journal. Why then did I enjoy it so little? Because of its unrelenting self-importance. American Beauty wants us to know in every shot, at every turn, just how clever and mercilessly cutting it is. That's not the worst part, but good job, Joe. Uh, yeah, I have to say, most people who are critical of this movie, it's because it's too pretentious. And I'm like, <laughs> really? That's the worst part? Right. I hate it because yeah. it's pretentious, but thank God it is, because that dilutes the other bad part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. This one's by D Bass. D Bass something and this person is an amazon reviewer is this the kind of substance we want our children going up around yes children have and do it we'll see this film many times a society in which the family unit operates like this cannot exist hmm. and it's more than obvious to me that this is the direction america is taking right now hmm. a society that glorifies perversion unfaithfulness Murder, ungodliness, and a handful of other vices is doomed to extinction. Like it or not, there it is. I, I have to tell you, <laughs> most of the one-star reviews were about like how gross this movie is or like inappropriate. Okay. I mean, I guess it is very inappropriate. I guess I'm there. Uh, go ahead with another mm-hmm. review. This is from a friend of the show, Peter Bradshaw. Who, All right, um, Peter, don't disappoint. He's going to disappoint a lot. Oh, shit. <laughs> When Ricky shows us an 11-minute video he has made of a plastic bag blowing in the wind, we are apparently invited to endorse his glassy-eyed assessment of it as a wonderful epiphany of natural beauty. So much beauty in the world, he says, that his heart almost collapses. Yet Ricky is, after all, supposed to be a drug dealer who invites Jane to run away with him to New York City, where they will live on his earnings. The film makes it sound sweetly romantic, almost bucolic existence. That seems like a very, very narrow snapshot of his overall opinion. Which was, it's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I didn't want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Totally fine. Don't, we can just pretend he dislikes it. Okay. Uh, this one's by Shorty, who's an Amazon customer. Um, as I watched this movie, my reaction went from, okay, this could still be okay, to, nah, it doesn't do it for me. I know this is supposed to be a dark comedy, but I totally found it to be as disturbing and I disliked all of the characters. Kevin's pacing acting is great, but his character is totally going for his daughter's girlfriend made me sick. I'm trying to understand that it can be a fantasy for middle-aged exhausted men to lust after a girl, but that is called rape, usually. Yeah, I think that <laughs> yeah. is showing in all the dysfunction in family life. It is sad commentary instead of something to be revered or laughed at. Uh, that's by Shorty. Yeah. Do you want to read the very last one? Sure, because this is another Amazon review. Um, Absolute crap. The whole cast of characters need serious therapy, not an Oscar. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is so is. I've heard some feedback on our podcast that they don't love it when we're too negative. Too bad. And if that's you, <laughs> folks, turn this off now. Too bad. <laughs> I mean, you've heard that this movie is a combination of isn't pla- bags floating them in beautiful plus the other thing that I <sighs> forgot. All right. So let's just quickly see what this movie's about. Yeah. Okay. Go so ahead. the main guy, Lester, is his name. He's like sad and middle aged and his family doesn't respect him. And apparently mm. that is the worst thing ever. And then he sees this hot teenager, which is revelatory. And he decides, now I'm going to be a man. Mm-hmm. And then that's like. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, his daughter is going through some shit, and this creepy guy who comes on to her and just records her without her consent, she's like, yes, I like that. Yeah. And then they start a romance, which is cool. And his dad is really homophobic, which is fun. And um, But then, uh, yeah, that's like the movie, right? And then Annette also, Bedding has an affair with Peter Gallagher. And boy, is she just the villain for doing that. Um... So then in the end, I'll just, guys, spoilers. Because then, so yeah, Lester comes really cool and like sure in his manhood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then near the end, the, the homophobic guy, he comes over because he thinks that Kevin Spacey is gay. And uh, he tries to kiss him because, you know, all raging homophobes are actually just secretly gay. And that's like cool liberal commentary of the time. Right, exactly. Um, oh, and then there's like a weird thing where it's like a who shot him? Because, oh, spoiler. Yeah, Kevin Spacey gets shot. Like, who did it? But then they tell us like two seconds later. Well, in the beginning of the movie, they say Kevin Spacey says, I am dead. Here's how I die. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah, because I hate this movie. Anyway, um, so yeah, and then it turns out that the homophobe shot him because he was like real mad about being gay. And then, and Kevin Spacey has like apparently for lusting after a teenager, but then not ultimately having sex with her. He's awesome now. And he's like, he gets a redemption arc. So here's the talking point. Cause I'm sure if you are a fan of this movie and you've heard our commentary so far, I think your response to us would be, well, the film knows he's a bad guy. He's, you know, you're supposed to dislike him. So what would you say to that person? I am so happy you asked me this question. <laughs> okay. Because when I was going to watch it with my friend David. He, like me, had watched it when it first came out. And he's like, no, no, clean. Because the only thing I remembered about it is he lusted after a teenager. I'm like, I think that's going to be the worst part. <laughs> and David's like, no, no, no. The point of the movie is that that's sad and weird. And I'm like, but the movie is making very clear to me that Mina Cer- or Mira Servino is actually incredibly hot and beautiful like it lingers on how sexy she is and how sexually available she wants to be yeah like the language of film is telling me that this is okay and like i mean yeah it's kind of creepy but wouldn't you right yeah but yeah i mean it makes it very clear that this has awakened him and he is now more fulfilled more self-actualized yeah just as a general thing in our podcast, we watch a lot of older movies. Yeah. And we'll say, you know, oh, well, this didn't age well. I think everything about this movie did not age well. Every theme, every, every bit of it, like this idea that the most important thing that you could make a film about was the angst of a middle-aged suburban man not feeling man enough in this modern world. And- I think... What's so amazing about this movie is if it was shown today, liberals and conservatives would both hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, it movie. is too, like, sexy and weirdly pro-gay 
but is also like so, so sexist and anti-gay, weirdly. Like it is so bad. There's a, this was a weird time because like this came out near Fight Club and other office space, uh, other movies where it's like, man, working at the office is so boring. And I need yeah. to find life outside the office. Like some people even lump in the Matrix in that. Uh, I vein. do as well. Yeah. And so, so I guess like so that sounded okay. So if you're listening to this, you're like, well, can't you make a good movie about the monotony of like a good quote unquote life or what capitalism tells you is a good life? And yeah, and I think there are good movies to that end, right? Fight Club is still um, good. Fight Club is still good. Matrix is great. <laughs> Matrix is obviously very very good. Um, but this is not good because Mm. it's trying to tell you that society is bad, not because of like any interesting, well, I think they try to make the consumer's point, but they don't make it very well because they try to, okay. Oh my God. Let me just tell you. I'm so mad because they like, they try to make a point with this fucking scene where he like tries to seduce his wife a little and then she ruins it that bitch wife of his by saying don't spill beer on my six thousand dollar couch and he's like it's just stuff you used to be fun you suck and i'm like we just saw two scenes ago that he got a really cool car right (laughs) and that was supposed to be like him coming into his own as a man so it's like consumerism is awesome for dude stuff but not for a couch that you probably sit in every day, you fucking fucker. <laughs> Stuff that he likes is like him like living life. Right. Stuff so that she I, likes is not that. Right. So I'm saying like consumerism is rotting even a good life is a is like a fine theme in a film, but it's not in this film. Because in this film, it seems like what's really rotting us is that men can't be men anymore. That they are being castrated by modern society. And that lusting after a teenager is what really awakens that. Yeah. Oh, I hate this movie. Okay, here's another talking point. I thought, you know, the movie starts off and Kevin Spacey obviously is a gross character. I thought what would kind of help the movie is if um, they were really showing... Annette Benning's perspective if they were really if she was really a character and she really her voice was being heard and I thought we were getting that a little bit in the beginning scene because she did have that meltdown but then as the Which movie I, goes on it's like no and like how good is she like yeah she's awesome she is, I think to your point Michael this would be a good movie about the strictures and monotony and de- like sadness of modern suburban life that could be a good movie if this was about Annette Benning's character. Right. Like, that would be a good movie. Because, uh, uh, but it's okay. very much a pro-Kevin Spacey movie. As the movie goes on, it's like she is one of the villains. Uh, I thought that scene, so uh, just what Michael's talking about. So the, she's a realtor. And there's this scene where she is working her ass off, like trying to present this uh, house. And it's just not going well. And then she just breaks down and cries at the end. And it's, yeah, just the mounting pressures on her to both be a housewife who cooks you that fucking great dinner every day. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. And makes most of the money is implied. And like, yeah, that was an interesting scene. But then later, it's just she's just a an obstacle for Kevin Spacey to be his coolest self. Yeah. And it's like the film, <laughs> the film wants to imply that she is like a prison for Kevin Spacey. And like the worst thing they could think of is that she controls the music that they listen to for dinner. Like that's the worst thing they thought of. 
I love that like bossa nova old time. <laughs> I'd like that it's is classic shit. I love it. <laughs> I would listen to that for dinner. Oh God. Cause yeah, they don't in the movie, they don't like make a point that she's doing all the shit to make their life possible. Yeah. That in fact her doing that is constraining him. What? Oh God. Okay. Um, just to like less negative. What did you like about this movie? I liked that it was unpredictable. As it was like the halfway point, like I have no idea how this movie ends, even though we do know he's going to die. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's because the movie's not good at all. You know, if it's like was a coherent arc, you know, you'd be like, okay, I get how it's going to go. But because the movie's just meandering the whole time, you at least are surprised. I feel like one of the worst things I hate about movies are when they're boring. And this mm-hmm. wasn't terribly boring. And like the filmmaking was very competent. Uh, music was very good. You know, I would say that that's the worst thing a movie can be boring, but like showing us minors in a sexualized format, like that actually might be worse. That might be worse <laughs> than boring. So yeah. the next time you and I say, well, it's boring. And that's the worst thing a movie can be actually. And then we just go asterisk. Asterisk. <laughs> Softcore child porn. Yeah, that's actually a little bit worse, in my opinion. (laughs) That's just your weird thing. Yeah. Okay. I also, I just thought Annette Benning was so good. Can Okay, I I have to keep going on this thread because it's just like exploding out of me. This, what I think is so emblematic of everything that's wrong with the film is this one scene. So Kevin Spacey is masturbating in bed next to his wife Mm -hmm. and she gets up and she's like, that's gross that you're doing that. And he's like, well, I'm not getting it from you. And she's like, or you think you're the only one sexually frustrated. Let's just get divorced, which is very important that she says that (laughs) put a pin in that. And he's like, just try. I don't beat you. I'm nice to you. And I support you getting your realtor's license. So half of everything you have is mine. So I will jerk off whenever I want now. Okay. Maybe you at home are listening. It's like, well, that's pretty gross. The way that scene is set up, Michael, please weigh in if I'm wrong, is that we're like, yeah. Like that scene is him being funny. It, it's hard and to say. Cool and shutting her down because at the end of it, her mouth is open like, what? And then there's like, and it's a cut to a music cue where he's just like, done. Like, right. There's a music cue and he's like driving cool in his car. It's so because like it's obvious that he sucks and he's the worst person alive. So it's like no way can the film not realize that he's a piece of shit. But I think you're also right that the movie thinks he's cool. I think the mo- the movie thought <laughs> finally he put her in her place. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And then and then. So that's why I wanted to put a pin in that later. She starts like you know with uh peter gallagher who's another realtor and i think again this is supposed to be a commentary on her driven by success and consumerism because he is a very successful realtor and gets into him so then lester sees them together and is like you're never gonna tell me what to do ever again and we're like yeah yeah got her and i'm like (laughs) Why do I care that she got to sleep with Peter Gallagher when she just wants a divorce from her terrible husband? Like, just go sleep with Peter Gallagher. Just live your life, Annette. Yeah. This movie sucks. Like, I just feel like it's not saying anything. Like, it's not. I disagree with you. I think it's saying something very pointed that I do not like. I mean, it's just like, it's 
middle-aged terrible men power fantasy plus exactly what but it wrapping it up in pseudo intellectual like ooh, but the beauty of the world to be to kind of mask the terribleness that they the people like right and okay so if they're again if you're listening to this and you're like no no no, no you totally missed the point he is actually a bad guy and then at the end when he gets his redemption arc it's because he realizes all that stuff was superficial or whatever and it's like fine then the movie did a shit job because the movie films it in such a way that it's really cool that he does all this stuff and it's funny, right? Plus, okay, so there's kind of a whodunit. So Casey, Kevin Spacey says, I die at the end. And then at the end of the movie, you're, before he dies, you, they, the movie kind of sets up that his daughter wants to kill him and that his wife wants to kill him. The daughter says like, oh, you should kill my dad. And again, her boyfriend's crazy. So you're like, oh, maybe she did it. Annette, Eric Benning is like, I hate Kevin Spacey, so I'm just going to go kill him, which is like, Okay, uh, I feel like she was just going to threaten him, you know? I feel like that just doesn't make any sense that she would do that. Like, the movie just needed no. that to happen. So they're like, all right, she's going to do that now. Yeah, but anyway, I agree with you. Anyway, I, sorry, I, so I just read a review, a scathing review of this movie. They're like, that movie would have been so much better if either of those two things happened. If his daughter killed him or his wife killed him. But that would have been great. But he is killed by his... Uh, very ultra conservative neighbor who's secretly gay because at the end of the day kevin spacey was just so hot and fuckable <laughs> that is just the <laughs> ultimate downfall of kevin spacey which is like just the ultimate oh, cap of yeah. how bad how I, bad I, this again, movie is i cannot emphasize enough how much this movie was like really thought they were doing something with the gay stuff right they really thought they were like look at this america a gay couple just being normal in a neighborhood? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at this guy who's like, who says a lot of F, you know, slurs. Ah, uh, you know, because you know how they are. They're just secretly gay. There aren't just people who just hate gay people. I mean, and that I, might not be. I mean, it might be good for this time period. I mean, there are a lot of know, movies. I remember watching it as a kid and be like, yeah, look at you saying something. But yeah. whatever. Um. The scene, though, okay, I'm so sorry, but the scene where the homophobe comes in and he's like, and they're in the rain, and it's like a hilarious misunderstanding that he thinks that his son is a gay prostitute, maybe. Um, the acting and the line delivering that is so unnatural. So, like, it's like funny that he, you know, so Kevin Spacey walks up to him and he's an inch away from him. And he goes, We need to get you out of those wet clothes. Like, he says a lot of lines like that. Right. And then at like, the end of the scene, lines. Right. At the end, he's like, whoa, you misunderstood. And I'm like, I misunderstood. <laughs> like, you were so clearly coming on him. <laughs> yeah. I, the sexual energy you exuded on this guy. So I guess was that was supposed than... to be funny because I, yeah, I couldn't even tell what the jokes were supposed to be. Yeah. The jokes. I mean, the jokes were like, haha, society. Right. Right. We're the joke. Um, why did the daughter have to be topless in that scene? Oh, so, Good okay, question. so the other story is, like, this creepy... Oh, my God. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm so angry. That's because totally other, fine. It's a bad film. Be angry. So, I think a lot of people who grew up in the 90s and have never seen this film have seen the plastic bag reference of, mm -hmm. like, him. And I like this. I, I almost love the idea of a beautiful weirdo in a scene as a love interest, but, like, he is so creepy and not in an interesting way. Yeah. Like, it is not interesting that you just film people without their consent who you are attracted to right um and then so mira servino the hot teenager who's you know it's her fault for being so sexually available 
she says to her friend something like, don't go with that guy. He's going to like murder you. He's so creepy. And then he says to her, like, you're only friends with her because you just want to take people down. You're boring. You're nothing. And again, I think the film is like, absolutely. He is supposed to be the cool one. You're supposed to feel good at this attractive girl got put on. And I'm like, I want my daughter to have a friend who says, don't go with that guy who's clearly going to murder you, 17-year-old. Do yeah. not go with your drug dealer boyfriend and run away from home and live in New York with him. We sh- that is a bad thing. <laughs> we should close up because basically what's bad about this movie is every single element. So should we kind of <laughs> close up with some thoughts? Uh, I mean, again, the music is I good. just think this is, I just think what the movie is trying to tell you is bad. Us, you know, even if you're like, well, sexualizing teenagers was just a thing, and we only now realized it's wrong. Remember when? Like, remember when Kevin Spacey was so cool? He blackmails his jo- uh, boss so that he yeah. can quit his job and get money, and then he just works at McDonald's. Yeah. And yeah, like, are we supposed to think about that at all? Like that he's just not going to have money really, and he's going to need to depend on his wife. He's going to be a leech for the rest Bitch of his wife. life. Who's just awful. I mean, she plays the music. God. Oh, I cannot. Don't music and makes amazing dinners every night. And she but cares about wife... the furniture in the house. God, do not get me started about it. Oh, geez. What a bitch. Uh, his, his wife does not respect him for some reason. Close. We're, we're rambling. Closing thoughts. Are you sorry? I just have so many angry thoughts. Is there anything that did not get out? Is there anything you're still holding on to? I mean, we didn't even talk about the conclusion of his lusting after the teenager, which was he uh because it's already so bad <laughs> you're like can't get worse that's at least there's that can't get worse but it does kind of that he 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 grows up he matures at the end because he decides not to sleep with the high schooler who's actually a high schooler because she's a virgin that is why <laughs> <laughs> we got sam's reaction there sam have you not seen this film <laughs> no good <laughs> right in that moment He's like, oh, she's so young. It's like, yeah, of course she is. That was information. You, you fuck her, obviously. It's like, well, I mean, if she'd been a slut, then I mean. Jesus. Yeah. No. Ugh. It gets, it's a, it's a rabbit hole of terribleness. It just keeps going down. Can I say another thing is that I actually like the very simple idea of like finding beauty in unexpected places in that a, a world that you don't understand or are flailing in there's just beauty everywhere it sounds pretentious and stupid and no. simple but i actually think that idea executed in fact the movie um that new movie uh everything everywhere all at once that's like one of the main tenets of that film and it's done so well I don't think, though, that anybody who likes this movie really takes that away as what they like. (laughs) I think they just like Kevin Spacey being cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. At the end, when he's, like, dying, he's like, what I really loved is just, like, seeing my daughter and remembering all these lovely moments of my life. Like, that could have been a good movie. (laughs) But it isn't. So let's, you know, what is good is our brother, John, and he is going to tell us about what he thinks. John, are you there? It's called Bro Call. Hi, guys. Hey, do you like this film called American Beauty? Well, you know, it's finally, finally, some movie came around and dealt with the hot button issues of homosexuality and marijuana. (laughs) Thank God. Because (laughs) honestly, it's amazing how we buried that as a society. So true. Well, we've addressed it directly, you know, brought it right out and just 
<laughs> so deep. There is a line in the movie where he's like, I have this really great wheat and it's like really tiny. It's like $2,000. I'm like, that's a lot of money. Like, that's a lot of money today. Is that? Yeah. The, whoever have... wrote this has never smoked, <laughs> consumed marijuana in any form. Yeah. John's a real stoner, so he knows. Oh, yeah. Or, big, big time. Or I think it was written by a guy who like hangs around in rich Hollywood circles who just got hosed by like the best marijuana. Yeah. So um yeah, I don't like anybody in this movie. Uh I don't like anything it's about. Um it has no redeeming qualities. Hmm. You don't say. Um I wanted to see like Peter Gallagher be sexualized. Like that's the movie I want to see. I want to see him covered in rose petals. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even like Annette Benning. Uh, or as Sam kept saying, Annette Bennings for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I so I agree with Michael that Annette Benning was my favorite character, but then the movie would just make her do stuff that makes no sense. Like it makes no sense that she would just slap her daughter because she had to grow up in a duplex. And like, okay, yeah, I get it. She's awful. Yeah, everybody in this movie was awful. Everybody. But I understood in opening the most. Do you guys still do the uh, one thing you liked, one thing you didn't like segment of this show? No. So what's one thing that you both liked the, about this movie? The music. The music. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> we had a thing. We had a thing. I didn't actually rewatch it because I hate this movie, uh, and I'm not going to do what Sam tells me on this regard. <laughs> so, totally fair. me and Annette Bennings are going to take our cake and go home. Fair enough. Yay. What do you grade this film? Um, didn't it win like Best Picture too? Yeah, a lot of Oscars. Oh my god, what is simpler times? <laughs> worse, or, just worse times. Worse times. I yeah. don't know. I don't know if this will make you feel any better, John. Uh, they really pushed the studio pushed so hard get this to win an oscar because the year before their film did not get an oscar and that film was saving private ryan <laughs> when when you unmuted i really thought you were to defend bennings <laughs> I, I can't defend that i can't no um it is it is a well-constructed movie and apparently you say the music is good mm. so i mean like, it's not an insane, like, what the fuck is going on movie like Nashville. So I'm going to give it a D. Okay. Fair enough. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate John. you. Thank you. Actually, it's funny. So, like, Kevin Spacey is a monster and bad guy. I do think he's, like, a pretty good actor. Yeah, I he's a good he actor. was that good in this. There was one really good acting moment i thought at the end of the movie where he, it's just like on his face and he's just like remembering that his daughter exists and that he loves her <laughs> yeah. and i'm like oh that was a really good acting moment but the rest of it he's just like a guy i don't know i didn't really get how his performance was so amazing i mean i would have to understand you I mean i feel like you to be a good actor you have to have some kind of target you're aiming for you know sure. it's like and what is that yeah <laughs> good question uh so yeah i don't know I, what, what like, do you I grade this film f, f f yeah f because i read a really great thing about criticism earlier yeah. it's like you should evaluate what the movie is trying to do and then how well it does that and then what that means in a greater way and i think the movie if it tries what i think it tried to do it succeeded and that sucked that they tried to do that if they weren't trying to do that then it also sucked 
Like everything this movie is trying to do is bad. It is pretentious. It is sexist. It is awful. And it says the worst things about men and women. Like, I think if you're a middle-aged dude who's like going through them stuff because like you feel like people don't respect you, this movie makes you look worse. This movie makes you think worse things and it is bad. So. Yeah, I got I got to give it an F. It's just such a downer of a film. It's just so just makes you feel gross. You do have to have a shower and it, but not in a like a spooky movie kind of way. It is just sad and miserable and you think about oh, people liked this uh, and then you feel worse. Yeah, <laughs> like I think I would go with John's D if it was not like supposed to be one of the best movies of all time. Like that makes it worse. So it is just the epitome of grossness. So that's my review. Uh, who are we sponsored by? Who's giving us money to do this? Who is giving us money to do this specific thing? Um, Lexus. Lexus. You want, like, a pretty nice car, I guess. Yeah. Are you having it? You want to feel like a real man? Uh, first insult your wife and then tell her that she cannot divorce you and then buy a Lexus. With her money. With her, her money. <laughs> Leave your job and then use her money to buy a nice car. That's what you should do. Like, why is it so awful to not want beer spilled on your couch? Who's going to clean up that beer? Right. It's not like they were in a rush to have sex. Like, you could just pause, like, just get a napkin, clean it up. Put it on the floor. Right. Jesus. Why is she the bad guy? You don't need to have sex right then. Like, just clean, because the cleaning up, that actually is urgent. You do need to take care of that right away. When he goes to seduce the teenager, he puts his beard down. (laughs) Excellent point. I think that's a good cap for the review. Uh, What do we like? Cut my rants in half. No, I I do not. not Uh, What is our next film? Our next film is very similar, uh, similar vein. Mm -hmm. I think it was released in the same year. Mm -hmm. Um, Did not necessarily get the critical acclaim that perhaps it was due. Snubbed. Snubbed. I would say. I don't even think it got an Oscar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spice World. I would call it snubbed world. That's just me. But I cannot I cannot wait to see it. And that will do it for us at Flaherty on Films. And stay tuned for that trailer. And cut. When the world is in trouble, when our future is in danger, we call upon one man. But when he's busy, he calls five girls. Columbia Pictures presents The Spice Girls. All right, we're coming. In their film debut, Victoria, Emma, Mel B, Jerry, and Mel C. They're ready for action. Go, pal. They're dressed to kill. Do I let shake nor stirred? And thoroughly prepared. For any encounter. It's a story of love. I think with boys, you should be able to just wheel them in. Yeah, and order them like a pizza. Yeah, no cheese. Compassion. It's really too hot in here. I need a fan. And misunderstanding. When the speeding melon hits the wall. It's Christmas for the crows. What did he say? I haven't a clue. There's more like it. This January. Would you like an hors d'oeuvre? No. 
But I'll have one of these pie things. Make your choice. Oh, I like the blonde one. No, 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 no. Sporty. Rock your world. And spice up your life with the Spice Girls. Spice World. Yeah, but can they act? Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, girl power. Feminism. Do you know what I mean? 